This is the Superpower Success Podcast. Exceptional organizations don't just happen. They're built by focused leaders that recognize and strategically use their authentic leadership superpowers to guide their business from good to great. Personal and professional development grows by sharing each other's stories of the journey in building strong cultures and sustainable success. Here's today's Superpower Success Podcast. Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. The three and a half years, almost four years this May that that I've been doing this podcast has been a journey. And as we flip the calendar into 2022, given where our world is at, given the growth in leaders and how we have to think differently in business, it felt like it was time for a refresh and to really take the podcast to a new level. So new year, new level, new voices. We're here to help you level up as a leader, challenge you to think differently. And so in this first episode, I thought the best idea would be to bring a couple of my strong leaders on to help us drive these conversations in this podcast. So I've got Chelsea and Rana from my team here to have a really in-depth conversation about leadership. And that's where we're going to start. But as we know, that goes into a lot of different areas when we start to peel it back. So Let's talk leadership first, because everything begins and ends with leadership. Chelsea, I want you to start with talking about a leadership moment that really shaped or formed the leader that you've become today. What would you call one of your leadership superpowers that you used in that? Yeah, so when I think back to my earliest memory of real leadership and understanding what does it mean, what is the impact you can have? How do people go about it? Just understanding there's different ways to be a leader and to think about leadership. Um, I was in a leadership uh, minor uh, at the University of Minnesota. And so I was taking all these different leadership classes and we had one on servant leadership. And I was home over Christmas break, over winter break. And I was talking with my dad about it. And he said, funny enough, that's how he runs his business was on servant leadership. He's the CEO of an organization at that point had been for, I don't know, 20 years or something. And I was shocked. I was like, this is amazing. I've been learning about this. This is, this is how I want to lead, serving, helping others, giving back, helping people grow, um, just helping people be the best that they can be, which is your superpowers. And I didn't call it superpowers at the time, um, but that really shaped me because my dad, who I looked up to so much in business as a leader, um, I got to talk with him about that. And then four years later, I was working at his company, which I never thought I was going to. And I, so I got to see that leadership in action. And so that formed me as a leader, just that, that conversation and that leadership minor that I took at the university of Minnesota. And what I learned from that is that true leadership is understanding who you are and utilizing those skills. And that's your superpowers. And we talk about superpowers all the time on this podcast and everyone has more than one. You're not limited to one superpower. And so one of my core superpowers is helping first, that servant leadership mentality. Um, So what I found Keystone, and that's one of our core values is help first. It just really resonated. And so that's something that I strive to do internally with our staff within Keystone, with our clients, with 
people that I just meet out in the community. Like I want to help. I want to give back. I want to help others find their way, find their superpowers and just find their growth journey. And so it's something that has just kind of stuck with me. And you kind of look back and you see the threads that bring you to where you are. And it's, that's a constant thread that I've seen in the, over the last 20 years. And what I love about that is you didn't say I went to a training and all of a sudden I became a leader. I listened to a podcast. It's a journey. And the people that are listening to this are listening because they want to grow, right? It's, it's all of these nuggets. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm so excited about this refresh podcast, really focusing on how to be a leader, right. And all, and how other leaders lead and taking those tips that you can learn from others. Rana, I'm curious for you, what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career and how has that shaped you as a leader in your success? Yeah. Wow. That's a loaded question, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to put it to one thing. So I think what I would start with though, a, a superpower I believe that is true for me is listening, right? really slowing our own minds to truly listen, to understand the meaning behind what others are saying and needing. I really think when we're able to slow our own agenda, kind of manage our own anxieties, if we will, and meet people where they're at, it just opens up this whole new perspective and a whole new lens of possibilities. So listening, I love that saying, right? I think we say this a lot around the office is you listen to understand and speak to be understood. So that level of understanding really, really helps you navigate as a leader, those conversations forward And honestly, it's the conversations where progress occurs because communication is truly that vehicle that gets us to our goals. It's really, it's really how we focus our teams. It's how we focus our organizations. It's how we facilitate towards success, right? And we're slowing our own minds and we're looking beyond the surface and we're really hearing what's happening. And all of that great data helps us make really good decisions. So I honestly think that's why I've been able to help leaders and teams achieve so much. And that's one of the reasons uh, for joining Keystone is we listen really well. We meet people where they're at. We understand what their needs are. And then we just guide and step through a path towards that success. So listening is so huge. It's so funny you bring that up because just yesterday I was with a client where there's an, it's a new president, right? That took over for retirement. And this was the first annual planning that we had done with this new president who used to be a peer, right? Was on the leadership team and is now running the business. And prior, I said to him, I said, your number one job is to listen over the next two days. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know, right? But he's he's typically the one that's bringing the ideas forward. And he sent me a note last night after we were done. And he said, thank you so much. Like it went so well because he got to see the team rise Mm -hmm. right up into that. And so that leadership skill set is something that is so critical. And right now with leaders and businesses in the craziness, I think a lot of us forget to just listen. Because it's not easy. It is so hard (laughs) to listen. It really is. And it's, it's not something that's just going to happen. Like, Oh, we're telling you to listen. And now you're just going to go be a really great listener. This is something that you have to work at every conversation that you have every conversation. You can be good at it at eight 30 in the morning and then bad at it at nine 30 in your next conversation. (laughs) Like you really need to focus on this in every conversation. And that's, it's hard. It is so hard. 
Right. It is so hard. It's that managing your own agenda, right? Like managing your own mind, like slower down a notch. Yeah. Um, I love what you just shared, Jamie. And what a great tip for all of our listeners as they start the new year with their teams, mm-hmm. go on a listening campaign. Yes. I love that. Yeah, listening campaign, listening tour, whatever you call mm-hmm. it, just go and do that. Hear your people, hear what they have to say um, and listen more than you talk. Yeah, that's so good. Jamie, one thing that you've taught me that I believe is a superpower of yours is authenticity. I've seen it in you. You've talked to about it. Well, and this is what I say about every superpower. There's, there's a balancing act there. Every superpower can get to be too much at right. some point. Right. I, I fall into that trap too. <laughs> but to be real, to say it like it is, to be open and transparent, you do that. And not all leaders do. And you do it in a way, um, you do it with passion and with energy in a way that you are showing that you care, right? It's not like this, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the ruler and I'm showing you like, no, it's like, here's why, like, here's why I care about this. Here's why, here's, you know, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm seeing. And I haven't been around a lot of leaders that have been that way. And so then I myself don't feel like I have always been truly authentic in my leadership and how I am in, in the workplace and with clients, with other people. And so over the last, you know, two, three years, since I've really known you and and got to connect more, I've worked really hard on that. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people tell me like, you can tell, like, you're different. You've changed. You're I'm like, guys, I'm being me. Like it's, it feels so good. And so natural. So I just, it's, it's a, it's a strength that I think you have. And I don't know how you gain that, but it's something that you've taught me. You know, I don't know either. And I didn't always have it though. So I think there's a bit of confidence in there. I now know, and I had this conversation just this morning is I now know how good we are at what we do and the value we provide. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the impact Mm -hmm. that we provide to our clients, right? When I'm getting emails at Thanksgiving saying, I'm grateful for you. And I just said that at my family dinner table, right? Or I'm grateful for Keystone and how you helped me think about my business differently. Like that is because I haven't walked in and said, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. I've walked in and said, the emperor has no clothes and you need to know it. I'm here to help. Like, I'm not going to leave you and just tell you you're doing things wrong, but you've got to see this differently and having that no fear of if you, I, I will joke in sessions, like I might get fired for saying this, you guys, but here's the deal. You need to take responsibility right now for the organization. And that's the authenticity, I think. And having done it so many times now, now I just know I can do it because it's coming from a place of good, Yeah. right? It's coming from a place of wanting to help, not wanting to hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way I think when we know ourselves, then we can be authentic with others, but that's what you've done is you just figured out yourself more. And that's what all leaders need to be able to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Understanding and knowing your unique abilities and how you can utilize those. What are your superpowers? What makes you unique? And walk towards those. You know what I love about that, you guys, is it just, it absolutely sets the stage for organizational culture, right? Because that culture begins at the leadership level. So leaders set the tone, the texture, and when you are authentic and you are real, you create the conditions for that trust and that psychological safety in your culture. And that is so important, especially today. It's what the workforce is craving. People want a good relationship with their work environment. They want a healthy, strong, authentic relationship with their leaders. 
And that drives nothing more than just a really healthy culture. So I think we have a lot to learn about culture, but oh my gosh, have we not come a long ways in understanding what culture really means? Yeah, we really have. And I think, you know, as, as I look back over my journey, you know, my background's in HR. And so I worked a lot with leaders and a lot with culture. And it's become even more apparent now as I've been able to work with companies with their culture and how to improve them and level up their culture, the impact that leaders have. And what I realized is, and I think I knew this, but it has been crystal clear that leaders impact every single element of culture. And I don't think leaders truly understand the magnitude of what they have signed up for when they say, yes, I will be a leader. They don't understand it. And then generally speaking, organizations are not helping their leaders get to the level and prepare them for what they need to do and get into the level they need them to be at. And so these leaders are floundering. And sometimes you need to take it upon yourself to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to grow. Uh, and it's truly that growth mindset and shifting your perspective to be thinking, I need to be continuously improving as a leader, keeping up with what's going on, keeping up with my people. And when you can do that as a leader, that's going to directly impact the culture. The analogy I was just thinking as you were talking, right, about all teenagers is with a lot of leaders, when they get put into that position, it's like they turn 16, you gave them a car, but you didn't require them to do any training. Yeah. Or, or get a license. I mean, we're not doing the work. We're just like, here you go. Here's the keys. Yep. Go figure it out. Good luck. So that is also on the company yep. as a whole. And companies are, I mean, we're seeing it now, which is right where our growth is coming from is companies are finally like, we are behind the eight ball in investing in our leaders, meaning helping them get where they, and it's different for every leader. Some need some training, some need some coaching, yep. some need assessments so they can get that self-awareness and yep. know where they're at to start with. It's a customized approach. It's 100%. not a one size, one size fits all. hundred percent. And to the Minneapolis St. Paul business journal, right. It was about mm -hmm. Mike Bauer and one of our clients um, that you can go search that, that we posted is, or that is going to be posted. That's what he says is he realized he had to coach and help each of his leaders differently because they were all starting from a different place. Yep. And I think that is such an important message and they all have different superpowers yep. right? that we have to help them develop so they can be an authentic leader. So I think we overthink culture sometimes. And the, the message I would leave with you around culture as leaders is it's your choice. Whether you have a team of three or a team of 300, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't worry whether you can impact the culture above you in the organization. Own your area, mm -hmm. right? Drive the culture you want in your team and you will have an impact on other areas of the organization. Yeah, yeah. And you hear so many times our performance is lacking. Like we need, we need more metrics or we need more carrots or more sticks or more whatever to get our people moving. And it's like, if your performance is lacking, your culture is most likely lacking. Your culture usually directly relates back to your leaders. How are your leaders interacting and understanding and getting to know and, and helping your people help first, right? To help grow their, their, their employees and, and, and gain them some knowledge and some strength and abilities and whatever it is that they need. It's all related. And Rand, I mean, you are the expert in this, right? Chief culture officer, like we're seeing even more requests for fractional mm -hmm. culture officer come in and help us day-to-day, -day, right? Help our HR team. Rana, so what's, what's your thought on kind of everything we've discussed? 
Oh my gosh, you guys are so spot on. So the evolution of what we understood culture to be, it's not ping pong tables. It's not about, you know, gift certificates. And while those are nice things, you guys completely nailed it. It's about who you are as a leader. And I always talk about there's three levels of performance in an organization. You guys know this. First, it starts with self. You just nailed that. So who you are, who you're being, your authentic leadership, the way that you as a leader think, act, and interact has an energy that radiates out to your team. That's the second layer. And that radiates out to the organization. So when we have a whole bunch of leaders that are setting the stage and role modeling that positive energy that we want in our teams, in our organization, that influences all of these little culture builders, right? <laughs> right? It's like every single employee is responsible for culture. Culture is everyone's responsibility. So we have all of these people running around and bumping around with one another and collectively they create this feeling at work. And that's where we end up saying, this is how we do things around here, right? This is how we do things around here. We think well, we act well, we behave well with one another. We interact in positive and progressive ways. We lift each other up all of those things. So I've always loved that definition of think, act, and interact. So we're just creating leaders who create those conditions. And then we're putting the systems and the processes and the environment together that allows people to do it. And then we don't have to worry about results. Yeah. We need mm -hmm. to have a strategy. Yep. Right. But we don't need to worry about results if we do everything we just said right. I was just going to say that. Mindset <laughs> yes. shift that all leaders need to have. Yeah. You can have the best strategy in the world, but if you do not have strong leadership and a strong culture to back it up, you will never hit your business results. And if you do, it's going to be at the expense of yourself, your employees, you're going to have resignations, a lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights, right? How you go about hitting your goals is more important than actually hitting your goals. Because when you are treating your people like people, you're caring about them, um, you're, you're, how you're considering how you're thinking with them, acting with them, and interacting with them. You know, when we talk about culture, a lot of times we say your culture is simply your people leaving at the end of the day better than when they walked in at the beginning of the day. Every day, how can we just help to improve our employees' lives one little bit? And when we can do that, they're going to run a marathon for us. Like if you're going to pound them over the head, they might run a mile, but if you're going to help them and you're going to guide them and help them grow, they're going to run as far as you're going to ask them to run. And so that leads us into strategy. And we truly, there's a lot of companies that are working on their strategy. Everyone needs a strategy. You need to know, you need to know which direction you're going. Um, but it's really important to understand how are you going to get there and who is going to help you get there. And so I think this is something that at Keystone, we've truly cracked the code on this, is that you need to have a solid business strategy. Yes. But then you need to have a solid culture with solid leadership. When you have that trifecta, game over. Watch out competition. Here we come. So, Jamie, you've been in this longer than, than Rana and I have. What's your perspective on this kind of intersection of, of of strategy, culture, and leadership? 
Well, it's just the days of us having a great business strategy. And then, oh yeah, we also need to think about our culture and leadership, right? Separate. They're not separate anymore. The, the best thing, as horrible as the last two years have been, the best thing has been it has exposed a lot of warts, a lot of gaps mm-hmm. that a lot of organizations had in their leaders being able to manage through change, right? To, to create a resilient team that can keep going in the midst of chaos. And, and it's really just solidified the message we've been saying for years and years and years that, again, you can hire us to do business strategy. We kick ass at that. But when we come in, we do not turn off our culture radar and our leadership radar because we're going to tell you that you have ceilings you're going to hit along that route, right along the path to the business strategy. And I think that's the most value to our clients. If you went and asked all of them, they'd say it's the holistic view. Right? Mm-hmm. You guys help us not only set the strategy, but see all of the road bumps, right? The potholes and the pitfalls that we're going to hit along the way so that we can proactively put a plan together for that. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't want it any other way. I think that's how we add the most value. Yeah. And Rana, what's your perspective on the intersection of, of culture, strategy, and leadership? Well, Chelsea, I don't know if anybody could say it better than you did. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, like boom, it's magical right there. It's like, it's a, it's a sweet spot. Like you're going to just rock it when you put those three together with some synergy. It's amazing and well said, Jamie. But I want to go back to something that Jamie said earlier and actually you just said, I think is impact, right? At Keystone, we, we work hard to make sure we're giving the impact that's needed. It's about helping people, helping leaders, helping teams, helping the organization. It's all about going from good to great. And so I think a really a really fun place to just land on for a minute that might be a little bit tactical, but would it, it would give listeners a, a really good perspective is think about your annual performance review system. Talk about a simple place where you can really create some powerful synergy between culture, leadership, and people, and your strategy, and just how can you maximize that tool, that process, and in my opinion, especially from a cultural standpoint, that's the most underutilized opportunity, and it's really that place, Chelsea, you said this earlier too, it's that place where leaders get to coach and empower and help that employee really dig into their mastery, their autonomy, and their purpose, and really help them see what they do on a daily basis, what our people do on a daily basis, how that matches to the vision and the strategy, and that just gives such rich meaning to their work. So that's a little bit tactical, but I think it's such a cool example to kind of give a hands-on touch to this whole synergy piece. Well, and that's something that employees and leaders and HR always complain about is that whole review process. Mm-hmm. And it's just something you got to check the box and HR makes you do it. And how can you make that meaningful and impactful and really focus? Yes, it takes time to do that. But guess what? As a leader, that's your job is to help grow your people. And so if you are viewing annual reviews or quarterly reviews with your employees as a hindrance and something that you just despise doing, you need to shift your mindset, shift your perspective to think about this differently, to think about how could I help this person leave better today than when they walked in this morning. 
And I would yeah. say as a, as a business leader at the top of an organization, if your leaders feel that way, you need to do some real assessment of whether or not you have the right people in the yes. right seats. Mm-hmm. And that's harsh. This is, this is our, right. Our approach the get real is, yep. do you really want to be here? If that, if you don't enjoy that. And yeah. I had that conversation yesterday with a client is their next level down. I said, if they don't like doing these things that you're saying that we need done, mm-hmm. you better be having a real conversation with them. Yes. Cause that's, that's their number one job. Yes. Okay, that's amazing. So last week I had a conversation with the gal HR director and we talked about that, Jamie. We talked about do they re- does that leader really want to be here? And that led into an amazing conversation around creating the conditions for that leader to be successful. And so I invited her into some thinking around performance impact. Like let's move away from review and remove the stigma. Like you were just talking about Chelsea, like Mm -hmm. everybody pukes when they think about that. So let's retool it. Let's think about it differently. And it's performance impact and that it's a, it's a meaningful relationship experience actually for the leader and the employee. And to your point, Jamie, then we're creating the conditions to let that leader do their best work and create amazing culture. I love it. So we have uh, laid a lot on the people that are listening today. There could be leaders listening going, OMG, I have so much work to do. So what I want you to leave is yes, there's always more work to do in leadership, right? We can always get better. And so, but don't be overwhelmed by like, you have to be this perfect leader. You have to be you but from both of you, I, I want to just, we talked about a lot. What's the one nugget, the most important thing that you want people to take away, the action you want them to take, whatever that is, summarize, give them the cliff notes right now on what they need to do. Level up your leaders. Your business will only rise to the current level of your leaders. And if the level of your leaders is a B minus, your business is going to execute at B minus status. If you can raise up your leaders to a B plus, to an A, guess what's going to happen to your business results? Guess what's going to happen to that strategy and those goals that you set for this year? You're going to hit them. So spend the time, invest in your leaders, show them that you care so that they in turn can show their employees that they care. Love it. Rana, how about you? Oh my gosh, Chelsea. Boom. Well said. Oh my gosh. Build an intentional culture. You know, that culture will emerge whether intended or not. So you can't just let it run. You, you've got to guide it, direct it. You have to be intentional, invest in it. So be deliberate in how you create the conditions for how people think, act, and interact. I love it. Okay. So I want to go into kind of, at the end of all these podcasts going forward, we're going to do this bonus round. Now there's three of us, so we can't do this for 10 minutes, but I want, Chelsea's going to kind of run us through this kind of some fun questions that we can dive into. Okay. So the first one is for Jamie and I'll have Rana answer then I'll answer it myself. So to lead well, you need to be well. So what is one thing that you consistently do to be your own CEO? And what I mean by CEO is not chief executive officer, but chief energy officer. What's the one thing you do consistently? I only get one. <laughs> I know, right? It's really my morning routine. And in over the holidays, I got a little off of it with just everything changed. But it is, you know, I roll out of bed at 5.15 in the morning. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. And within 10 minutes, I'm on a treadmill running or I'm on it, right? And I don't want to be there. 
I need to be there. Right. And I go straight from there into meditation. So I do all of that before I even start my day, before I think about any emails, before I do anything else, because I need that for my brain. I need it for right. My emotions. That's really where, right. To regulate my emotions and the stress throughout the day. I can tell the days I don't do it. Right. I absolutely know those days and I can feel it later. And so for me, it's just, it's that consistency. It's yeah. just knowing how it makes your body feel. And as a leader, when you, and I think Rana said it earlier, you bring an energy into every room you walk into, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. And so that positive intelligence that we train on and we do the workshop is you've got to be aware and you've got to be able to regulate it. Yep. Absolutely. And Rana, what would you say that you do consistently to be your own chief energy officer? Yeah, it's similar to Jamie. I've got a two part routine um, in the mornings. I get up and I love Pilates. So I do Pilates and that's my mind body connection time, right? I stretch, I breathe. I think about what is my purpose. I have my own purpose statement, right? And that's to be a force of good in this world. And that is very grounding. And that puts to Jamie's point, my energy in the right place, because I believe you get what you give. So your energy you put out in the world is a boomerang. It's going to come back. So I start every morning with that. And I love a lunch hour workout. It energizes my day. It sparks my thinking. And I love to run. And honestly, running is spiritual for me. Um, So it's in that run and that intensity that I get to, as I said earlier, clear out my own anxieties, pull in my own perspective. I get refreshed, refocused and excited. And it's it's a passion as well. So it it fills me in my well-being overall. I love it. How about you? We're going to sound like a broken record here. (laughs) But this just goes to show how important a morning routine is. And I've listened to books on this. I've, you know, they talk about the most successful people in the world have a, have a consistent morning routine. It is so important. And it's not about necessarily that it has to be exactly the same as what Jamie does, what Rana does or what I do. It's what works for you. And my morning routine has grown and developed and changed and progressed over the years to what it is right now. And I feel like I'm in a really good spot with it right now. 2022 for me is about maintaining where I'm at with my routines and just my well-being. And so for me, it's just, if I miss out on, I would never, like, I just, I would, I would never miss out on all of my morning routine. I might miss out on one or two of the pieces, but I would never miss out on the whole thing. But what I've realized is that if I miss out on my exercising, I am off. I'm off for the day. And everyone noticed that last yesterday, I think it's, you know, after the holidays, I'm like, this week has been real hard to get out of bed. And I did work out yesterday and my husband's like at dinner, he's like, what, what's, what's wrong with you? What's going on? It's like, I didn't work out this morning. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. So there's a, there's a um, morning routine called the savers routine and you can look it up online. And so each one stands for something. So that just gives you a good idea of what could your morning routine look like? Mm-hmm. Talks about silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So you don't have to do all of them. Sure. If you did all of them, it'd be great, but start small, start with one consistent routine that you get up and you do every single morning to set your day off. Right. Um, and if you have small kids, get up before your kids get up so that you're not being woken up by people, little people jumping on you, right? Like get up when you're, when you are getting up and not having someone else dictate when you get up. So that's a huge thing. So the second question and Rana, I'll start with you this time is what do you think the world is going to look like, 
be like, feel like in 10 years? Oh my gosh. That's easy to answer. Not. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> like it's how, hard about, one. how about 10 days? Yeah. <laughs> no one ever. How about 10 minutes? Oh my gosh. I'm going to go a little bit silly with my answer on this one. And I'm really looking forward to the self-driving vehicles. Mm-hmm. How much time is wasted traveling when I could be, just think about all the things you could get done while you're traveling. So if the car will drive itself, I'm going to be like triple task master. <laughs> I love it. So good. Jamie, how about you? It's going to be quite a ride over the next 10 years. And I, I, I'm excited for it because it's going to be change. We are just on the cusp of a societal transformation. That's the only words I know how to describe it. Um, I try not to listen to the news, but you know, there's just a lot of angst and uneasiness and uncertainty happening, but I believe it's happening for a reason because there's a lot of course correction that needs to happen. And, and so I think, I don't think, I know we have to prepare ourselves and our teams to be resilient. Mm -hmm. The next 10 years are going to be tumultuous, but also wrought with opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? And positivity in there if we can find it. But we have a lot of people on our teams and on our clients teams that aren't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that leaders have to start preparing their teams for change. And resiliency is something that can be taught and can be learned. Absolutely. It's not something that, oh, well, they're a resilient person. Well, they've worked hard to do you that. You born a resilient person. No. And you build it. But everyone, again, it's mindset shift, right? If you want to do it, walk toward it and practice it and try to get there and try to improve your resiliency. So I just, I think that one's great. For me, I'm, I'm with Rana. I'm still waiting for like what they thought was going to be the year 2000 with the flying cars and stuff. So maybe in 10 years, I would love like the George Jetson of like, you go into the machine and it washes your body and it does your hair and puts on your makeup, puts on your clothes and out you go like efficiencies, like robotics and technology. I can see that. So that's my silly side of it. But then my, my deeper side of it is I have, along with what Jamie was saying, I have a lot of hope and optimism because of the generations that are coming after us. I look at, you know, generation Z and I look at these young humans that are in middle school and high school and what they care about and how they see people as people. Mm -hmm. They see them as human beings and they don't have these preconceived notions and thoughts and, and all these things that a lot of us have, these biases that we have they're growing up in, in a world um, that's very different and it's creating them to be more caring, more, just a lot more humanity. And I feel like if that's the generation that's coming up, things have got to get better. I tell people all the time, I'm raising four teenagers and I'm like, we'll be fine. They're going to fix everything yeah. that we've screwed up. It gives me goosebumps. Like I truly believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that- I do too. I love that. So when I look at my son, I mean, honestly, to answer this question, exactly like you're saying, when I look at my son, I just look at him and I, I have what you just said, Chelsea, I have hope. Like I have hope he's going to create an amazing world. He is amazing. So nice. Such a great way to end the conversation. It's, it's hope, you know, faith is an act of courage, right? To get through tough times, we have to have faith that things are going to get better, that there's something on this is happening for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. What is it preparing us for kind of approach? Um, and so hoping that this new refreshed conversation 
We're going to have more and more topics like this diving in with leaders in the communities um, where, where Keystone serves to really get you different perspectives on leadership because there's no one right way. The goal with these podcasts is that we're bringing you fresh content, but we're bringing you something that's one nugget that you can take today and go do something different in the next interaction, in the next team meeting, whatever that is. So we look forward to sharing our rock star lineup of guests, but we are also going to challenge you to think about your definition of leadership and to really think about how you as a leader can move from good to great in 2022 and beyond. So as always, spend your time utilizing your superpowers because that is truly what's going to take you from good to great. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Superpower Success Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. Using your own unique superpower is one of the keys to building a successful organizational culture to take your business from good to great. Keystone Group can help. To get started, request your free copy of Keystone's Culture Guide, The Importance of Company Culture. It's a great resource to understand the importance of culture and how to improve it. The Superpower Success Podcast is a production of Keystone Group International, guiding your business from good to great.